We have made it to Wednesday Hump Day, and you are rocking and rolling on the best form of Crimson Tide football news, notes, and information. The number one source for Bama football coverage, that being in my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciating everybody for tuning in to check out the show on today as we are now from Tuscaloosa and streaming this via YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, definitely want you to to hit that subscribe button right now and turn on those notifications so that you can have the best news, notes, information, and coverage. Also, be sure to give a thumbs up, drop a like on the show because of you, the Alabama football fan base. We're over 9,000 subscribers strong, so definitely want to encourage you or to continue encouraging you to keep uh growing supporting the network channel and the brand but before we dive into some things here we gotta say what's up to the other man in the room the better half of the show the man putting the flavor in your earbuds every single time we've got john ivory in the production room john what's going on it was going on roll tide to all my tide fans out there make sure y'all share the show and like the chat up with your comments get the thing leading man all right, and you can do all of this because we want you a part of the conversation. And you can do this by calling 205-448-1358. Once again, the number 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. The number to call in to voice your opinions, your thoughts, your viewpoints. What do you want to talk about in discussing Alabama football. It's going to be awesome a little bit later. So we'll sit down with former Alabama wide receiver Matt Cadell as we do every single Wednesday. But starting this thing off here with a couple of updates. And the first one, Alabama's recruiting class for 2021 getting better and better. The Tide landing its eighth commitment in this class and four-star wide receiver Christian Leary from Orlando, Florida. This young man, an absolute speed demon at 5'9", 180 pounds. The third wide receiver out of the Florida area, Alabama's picked up joining Ja'Cory Brooks and Ajayi Hall. Alabama now with four players from the Florida area for the 2021 class. And uh, he's got, Leary's got Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs type speed, but he's got a compact and a Chris Black type frame. If you remember Chris Black, who came to Alabama from First Coast High School in Jacksonville, Florida in the 2012 class. You know, he was faster than the speed of light. Unfortunately, injuries hampered Chris Black, didn't allow him to have, you know, his full-on career for the Crimson Tide. But on Friday, we're going to get a chance to talk with our our lead scouting and recruiting analyst, Justin Smith, and he'll bring in more of what makes this commitment of Leary very, very exciting for the Crimson Tide. Another news here, big ups to former Alabama quarterback Tua Tonga Vailoa, who was taken number five overall by the Miami Dolphins in the recent NFL draft. Tua and his family continuing to show why they're appreciated by the fan base, Tua, and the family has established a scholarship endowment to help out youth in Hawaii with educational activities. The scholarship endowment will go to St. Louis High School, the venue that produced Tua Tagovailoa, helped made him a star 
at the high school level, at the collegiate level, at the Elite 11 level. So his Ohana, his family route started off at home. It transitioned to high school at St. Louis. It's going to the Elite 11, to the University of Alabama, and now to uh, in the NFL. So big ups there to Tua and the family getting this scholarship endowment here to help out the youth in Hawaii. But we go into now topic number one of the conversation here on this show. And I remembered I, I had a question on social media. And the question was just wanting to get more from you, the fans, on what do you guys want to discuss, talk about, you know, have a dialogue here on the show and if i've said this once i've said this multiple times you as the fan you drive the content right you make alabama football popular you make it you make it exciting if you guys aren't talking about it then there is no reason to discuss the crimson tide because if you don't have anybody talking about you then are you really relevant to be in a conversation so uh, i asked the question about you know what do you as the fans what, what makes you excited about this year's football team and one of the responses i got back was well steven uh, what is the specific difference between uh, the program that david Ballou and dr matt ray are doing versus what scott cochran's done what, what, what what's the specific difference between the programs because, you know, what Scott Cochran did, it brought Alabama five national championships. What Scott Cochran did, it brought Alabama six conference titles. Cochran brought Alabama a number of different, you know, number one top-ranked recruiting classes. Cochran was also very instrumental in putting players in the NFL. So how much different or what are these specific differences between – Baloo and Dr. Ray's program versus Scott Cochran. And uh, I got to thinking about the question because as much as we, you know, don't want to undermine or undervalue what Cochran did because he did a great job. He did a tremendous job. He did a fantastic job. But it's going to feel different. You know, week three, it already kind of feels different, but it's going to feel different. Week three of the college football season when, uh, you know, Alabama faces Georgia in Bryant-Denny and you look over at the other sideline and it's Scott Cochran over there with Kirby Smart and you as a tie fan are like, man, you know, it, 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 this is weird. I mean, he was at Alabama for 13 years and now he's over there at Georgia. But even though you don't want to undermine or undervalue what he did, there are two Huge differences between uh, what Cochran did and what the new regime of Baloo and Ray are doing. The two biggest differences, you know, are number one, uh, Baloo and Ray are not afraid of change. And number two, Baloo and Ray will have more of that trust factor in terms of the players for a more longer period of time and what their workouts and their exercises and their drills entail. So let me attack the, the second part of this question for just a moment here. So Scott Cochran, his whole workout process was one size fits all, right? You had the one size fits all cap. You had the one size fits all shirt. And not everybody's going to fit that same size, but... 
in Cochran's mind it was, if you're lifting this way, that person's going to be lifting this way. This person's going to be, you know, lifting this, squatting this, bench pressing this. Everybody's doing the same thing. You know, Cochran's thing was more so mental. It was lift for the pain. Push past the pain. We gonna lift, we gonna lift, we gonna push, we gonna push, we gonna stretch, we gonna stretch. It's all mental. It's all mental. Push past the pain. Push past it. You know, that was Scott Cochran. Everybody had to lift, you know, to, to the utmost max of weight. Everybody had to squat to the utmost max of weight. Everybody had to run to the utmost running you had to do. Everybody did the same thing, right? So when you're pushing, 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 lifting, 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 stretching, 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 and there's no cool down time, there's no relaxed time, there's no ability to or no chance to really recuperate that body because in your mind, you're being forced, you're being told to push, 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 stretch, 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 lift, 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 it's all mental, then... Um, and you're not getting that chance to really recuperate and cool down your body, you are stretching ligaments, you are stretching tendons, you are stretching joints, bones, until they pop until, or you stretch them so thin to where you get out on the practice field or you get out in a game and one false move, you know, there's an injury and then uh, going, and then based on how much you have uh, hurt yourself in that injury, with Deem, uh, you know, how quickly can you come back? How fast can you come back? What, what, what would be your recovery time? So, case in point here, uh, Terrell Lewis. Terrell Lewis fits this, you know, perfectly because Terrell Lewis 2016, you know, played a good bit as a freshman. 2017, at the very next year, he hurts his elbow, uh, misses the majority of that season. Probably the only big play he had that year was against Georgia in a national championship game against the big sack. But people were pumping him up for the 2018 season. People were pumping him up thinking he's going to be back, he's going to be a beast, and he gets back. With the program of Scott Cochran, the push, 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 the, the, the lift, the lift, lift, the stretch, 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 putting all of his force, all of his tension, all of his torque on his body, and he gets hurt again, tears his ACL in the summer of 2018, doesn't even play, doesn't even play that entire season. So 2019, as he's fully back to peak power, to peak health, there's a fear in the back of his mind that goes, as much as I enjoy Coach Cochran, as much as I love Coach Cochran, as much as I respect Coach Cochran, I've been hurt twice. So do I really want to push, push, push even more and risk having another injury? Or do I sit here and just pick and choose my moments where I want to go off? Do I just pick and choose my moments where I want to be a beast? And part two was the method that Terrell Lewis took. He didn't go all the way out. He sort of picked and chose his moments. And he sort and he did that because you know, that fear of not really trusting. He loved Coach Cochran, but not really trusting what you know, Coach Cochran was doing. You can even kind of say the same thing for a guy like, you know, Matt Womack, of whom he came in, you know. 340 pounds, Cochran was with him at first, you know, getting him down to 297 pounds, and he played his whole, you know, 2017 season at right tackle, but when Scott Cochran, you know, got his big money in the 2018, the spring of 2018, he kind of took a step back from his baby, that being the whole 
no strength and conditioning program, and that's where you saw the injuries come in, and that's where you saw the complacency step in, and, and, and a lot of things step in in terms of things that Nick Saban did not like going on you know, with the program where you know, Coach Cochran was concerned. Coach Cochran's scheme, it fits in two areas. It fits for if you are an upstart program, right? If you're an upstart program, no one really knows about you. Or if you're a program that's fallen from the, the pinnacle, right? You are a program that was used to winning championships. You go, you hit this dry spell where you're not winning, where you're not being successful. So Cochran's uh, mindset would fit both of those aspects because it would build that mentality of we got to get to the top or we got to get back to the top. But once you reach the top, the question becomes, how do you stay there? What methods do you take to remain on top? Like, what do you do? How do you tweak some things, adjust some things, alter some things, fix some things? How do you make sure that your foot continues on the neck of everybody else in college football? You know, how do you make sure that nobody's sneaking up on you? You're still the best of the best. You're still bringing in the best of recruits. You are still... The powerhouse program, the pristine program, right? Kind of like that documentary that Coach Saban had with Bill Belichick. Once you get to the top of the mountain, you become the mountain. And this is where the journey actually really starts. Like, how do I keep myself fresh? How do I keep myself on top? How do I keep myself at the forefront? That's kind of where, you know, Scott Cochran uh, had his issues at because in his mind it's my program has been so effective we've won five championships five titles six secs you know why change why go somewhere different i mean you even had you know jeff allen the athletic trainer trying to show scott cochran some things and you know jeff allen's on the cutting edge of everything in technology and and you know Cochran's just pushing out and away you know we don't need that I don't need that bump that forget that what we've done here what I've done here this is where the championships have been won this is where you know we've been great at if it ain't broke don't fix it the great ones in everything they change they tweak things they alter they find ways to stay on top of the game and when you look at Blue and Ray the program here is different. They're both, players are still lifting. Players are still running. Players are still squatting. But the difference is, is they're not overly extenuating their bodies. They're not putting so much on themselves. But most importantly, what they're doing is the exercises that are being done are if this translates into you being a beast on the field, a monster on the field, an animal on the field, then we're going to do this exercise. Yes, you can squat 600 pounds, but if that 600 pounds does not translate into you being faster off the line of scrimmage, being more explosive off the snap of the ball, being more so the aggressor, more so the enforcer, if this squatting 600 pounds does not translate into you sustaining the whole game for four quarters, we're not doing it. We're going to do things that make sure you sustain a full four quarters. We're going to do things that make sure that Alabama is the aggressor every single time we step on the field. Every snap, every rep, every practice, we're doing things to ensure Bama is the aggressor. There were moments in the latter years of Scott Cochran where he pulled back, he pulled off, 
and you could see the physicality that made Alabama great, it had slipped from that. These guys are putting the physicality back into place, but the physicality was also the injury prevention. We're going to go to our first break here on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Don't touch that Dow. Just getting you started here on a Monday upon our return. We're going to unpack your questions, your thoughts, your tweets, your texts, your chats, your viewpoints, your concerns. Bring them in right after this. Sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wake that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We're in from the break, folks, on a Wednesday hump day, hottest show in the streets, ladies and gentlemen. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. It's your time. Crimson Tide Nation, 205-448-1358. And I'm going to call in, drop a line, and let your voice be heard. 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. You can also text with that number. And leave a voicemail with that number as well. We go to Waylon to start our Wednesday. Waylon, my man, what's going on? Man, I'll tell you what, it's hump day, TDA. Hey, 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 what more do I need to say? What's going on down at TDA, Stephen? Doing good, man. Uh, Alabama picked up its eighth verbal commitment for 2021. So recruiting's picking up. They get uh, you know, a four-star speed demon and Christian Leary, who, if you watch the tape, he resembles Waddle and Henry Rugg. So, as always, excited to get another Florida receiver. Always, always exciting to get more wide receivers down at Alabama. We need, uh, we need more receivers where we'll have the core like we had last year where we can just – just dump it out to anybody who wants to, running wide open there. Mac Jones lay that ball out there, and they take it right on down to the end zone, Stephen. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, uh, all that's missing right now, Wayne, and all that's missing right now is a five-star tight end. And I know that tight ends don't uh, – big-time tight ends don't come in every single recruiting class, but I feel like that's the one ingredient that Alabama's missing right now is, is, is where is that – Ozzie Newsome, OJ, Irv Smith. Where is that tight end that we can put in here with these guys? Exactly. We talked about that Monday about the tight end, and that guy will come along. There'll be somebody step up Alabama. They always have through the years, and uh, and uh, we won't have to worry about it. Somebody will come in there and make a show, and it'll, it'll blow us off the field. But I just got off the phone with uh, – one of our fellow Alabama players there, Mr. Tim Barnett, on the 1992 National Championship team. And uh, we want to remember him. He's been having some health problems. We want to keep him in our prayers. And uh, we had about an hour conversation there. But we got Mr. He's always a, a great person to speak with on uh, social media and talk to him on the phone there. Great football player at Alabama. 
was on a historic team there in 92. We have to remember historic team 92 was. But we remember now yesterday, we got somebody going in on the ballot in the Hall of Fame. Who do we have? Do you know who that is, Stephen? Well, we got two guys going on the battle in the Hall of Fame wing, and that being uh, former Alabama defensive back Antonio Langham and uh, former Alabama offensive lineman Mr. Chris Samuels. That's it. Chris for Bobby. Not Bobby, but Sean. Man, he opened up a lot of holes for Sean Alexander. Chris did. And, and Antonio Langham in 92, of course, he won two ball games, and that's what the poem's about today. So we got a lot of people in the queue, so we're going to try to hit one quick here and get out of here. And let the people light the queue up. So just tell me when you're ready, Stephen. Let's do it. Roses are reds. The crimson makes teams blue. It was December the 5th, 1992. It was Bama versus Florida, SEC championship this day. At Legion Field, the old gray lady, this game was played. The sky was gray. The cold wind blowed. The game was back and forth. All the fans knew this was a toehold. Florida scored first. Bama scored the next 21. We thought we had Florida on the run. With a pair of TDs, the Gators would tie. Midway through the fourth, man, the crowd was alive. Bama and the Gators were tied with 316 left on the clock. The thunder rolled, the lightning popped. Antonio Langham got the drop. Shane Matthews knew he had done his best, but the future Hall of Famer put Florida to rest. All right, everybody. It's good to see everybody. Talk to everybody. Hope everybody's well on the chat. Call in, light up the phone lines. We'll see everybody Friday at 6 p.m. Bye-bye, Stephen. Appreciate that, Waylon. Got got the poem there, recognizing the 1992 team, Antonio Langham. What a phenomenal interception that was. But as we get into now the actual topic here, as you know, Waylon mentioned it, according to the National Football Foundation and the College Football Hall of Fame, Alabama didn't land two of its great players into the Hall of Fame for the 20, well, on the ballot, the 2021 ballot for the Hall of Fame, that being a former Crimson Tide defensive back Antonio Langham, who played from 1990 to 93, and former Alabama offensive lineman Chris Samuels. Both guys were outstanding players. You know, Langham was an interception machine. 19 career picks for Antonio Langham. 19. I mean, he had, he had six of those in the 92 season. Of course, the big one was in this SEC title game against Florida, the inaugural conference championship game. And then in 93, he had seven picks. Langham was an All-American. He won the Jim Thorpe Award in 93, if I'm not mistaken. Just a guy that was a big-time playmaker on the defensive side of the football, you know, under Coach Gene Stallings. And then Chris Samuel, one of the better offensive linemen to, to ever play in the Crimson and White. And this was a guy that in 99 i mean he was incredible he was the sec you know jacobs blocking trophy winner on american first team on sec a guy that helped sean alexander that season rush for 1383 yards i think that was also the year where sean finished was he fourth i think he was i think it was 10th sean finished 10th in the 1999 heisman bowl i want to say he was 10th but i will fact check that but he was in the um the Heisman voting there that season, the 99 year, Sean Alexander. Also, Chris Samuel that season did not give up a sack, did not give up a quarterback pressure. So a very, very talented offensive lineman, very productive offensive lineman he was. So Antonio Langham 
and Chris Samuel both into the Hall of Fame for the National Football Foundation and the College Football Hall of Fame. So appreciate what both of those two guys did. Uh, congratulations to both of those two guys. Made the Alabama football family happy on the field. And now both of them in or on the ballot for the Hall of Fame. But folks, we'll take another break here on the show on a Wednesday. Continue to light up the phone lines. Continue to light up the YouTube chat line. The phone line, 205-448-1358. Once again, 205-448-1358. Upon our return, we sit down with former Crimson Tide wide receiver Matt Cadell. We're talking Bama football, and it's coming after this. want delicious homestyle cooking, sushi, and hibachi, check out Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. At home and you can't get away from the TV because the Crimson Tide is about to score? Don't worry. Delivery is also available through Waiter and Crimson To Go. That's Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And make sure you let them know the good folks at Touchdown Alabama sent you. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We're back in, folks, rocking and rolling here on a Wednesday hump day to the best form of Crimson Tide football news, notes, and information in my own words with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith. And as always, folks, be sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on those notifications so that you can have the best news, notes, analysis, and coverage on your Crimson Tide. Also, give a like, give a thumbs up on the show. But we go to the hotline right now. We pick up Matt Cadet. It's always Wednesday, and it's fun to talk Alabama football with the former legendary wide receiver. Matt, what's going on, man? How you feeling? Feeling great. Ready to get this show started. Absolutely ready to get it rocking and rolling with you here, Matt. And, you know, first and foremost, we are seeing a lot of student athletes, a lot of, you know, Alabama current players on this football roster, you know, speaking out on social media, using their platform to create a dialogue, create a conversation of what's going on, on what has been happening, you know, in our world, in our society today. When, when you see these young men, you know, Matt, speaking out, you know, being bold, using their platform to, you know, want change, evoke change, want to provide change. I mean, what, what does that do for you as somebody that has played in this program, as somebody that's been a part of this program, you're seeing these young men, you know, really be bold and, and, and use their voice? Uh, I'm really proud of those players. Um, you know, shows a lot of leadership um, and character about those guys. Uh, you, you look at players like LeBron, James who use their platform to, you know, kind of evoke change. And, um, you know, I think uh, Wendell Hudson, who's the first black uh, scholarship athlete at the university, you know, they just retired his jersey uh, in February. I think he said it best that, you know, with all the, um, you know, the inequality, inequality, the social unrest that's going on um, in America, I love to see these players not only use their 
voice to, you know, voice their opinions and, and have those conversations. But I want to see them put that, use that same energy and, and move forward and, you know, to really help, you know, I'd love to see these guys vote. Um, I would love to have, see our young players, you know, be leaders in the community, help those people get registered to vote. I'd like to see these guys vote. And I think that's where you, somewhere where you can start just by voting to try to uh, not only be a leader in your community, but try to affect change um in the in society today another thing that's trying to change your matter is definitely the alabama defense the last two years not what crimson tide fans grew accustomed to i know last year 2019 you had some injuries that were involved there but everybody or the, the bulk of the cupboard is back for the crimson tide you have pete golding who enters his Third year overall in the program, but second year as the primary defensive coordinator. I talked about on Monday how, uh, you know, fans should be able to trust this year's defense with the guys that are back with a year, another year under Pete Golding's belt. So he kind of knows what to expect going into the upcoming season. Just for you, you know, being a former player, how much do you trust this defense? How much do you trust Pete Golding entering the upcoming fall? Uh, I trust him. I have a lot of confidence uh, in the defense and the defensive staff. I think Coach Golden is going to, um, in his second year being a defensive quarter, he's going to be that much uh, much better, um, know how to really, you know, really talk to his guys. He's going to have more experienced players up under his belt. Uh, we also have the addition of Charlie Strong and Freddie Roach. So we have a lot of defensive minds, you know, to really kind of help us have a dominant defense. Um, you know, you're going to have Dylan Mosley's back. Um, he's going to kind of be the alpha male leader of the defense uh, from the linebacker position, really get our guys lined up. Um, really being the quarterback of the defense. And I think we just have a hungry group of, of guys and high-character guys that are that are ready to go out there and prove a point and um, get us back to the promised land. Well, folks, if you're just tuning in to the show, we got former Alabama wide receiver Matt Cadell, who played from 2003 to 2007 on uh, the line talking Crimson Tide football. And, Matt, you and I discussed – before coming on here about, you know, the five, the top five most impactful defensive players. And impactful, we're looking at the production they can give, the leadership they can provide, the ability to communicate well, just a number of different things thrown into uh, the pot of gumbo here. So I'm going to let you start off first. So starting off at, at number five, you know, your most impactful player defensively for Alabama. Uh, my most number five most impactful player is Jordan Battle. I think he's going to bring a lot of uh, leadership, experience in that back end of the secondary um, to really uh, kind of mix up things, schemes, coverages, blitzes. Um, I think he has so much potential to be an exceptional player going in his second year. Um, I think he has great instincts, athleticism, and I think he's going to have a tremendous impact on our defense this year. So you got battle for your number five. My number five, I'm going with the secondary as well, but give me Daniel Wright. Older guy now, mature guy now, mind and body. He's learned from being around Deontay Thompson, being around Xavier McKinney, uh, being around Ronnie Harrison. You know, a lot of older guys that sort of taught him the ropes. He had an injury you know, early in his career that he's recovered from. I think it's now time for Daniel, who now looks like the Incredible Hulk by the chest. 
He is now ready to get out here and show that he can man down uh, the secondary from one of the two safety spots. So five, I got Daniel Wright. So who would be your number four here, Matt? Uh, my number four, I, I kind of have a tie. I, I couldn't – I think they just look a package. Dude, I have Christian Harris and Sam Lee. I just think, you know, with them going through their – You just couldn't uh, separate them, could yeah. you? I couldn't separate them because they, you know, they came in together. They started together, you know, due to injuries last year. I believe they bring a lot of versatility. I think that's really, we have all these minds put together on our defense. We can do so much defensively. Like we can uh, have Christian probably be more of the inside guy, but he's so athletic. He can play uh, outside as well. Shane Lee is so versatile. So those two are my guys. I feel like that's going to have a very, a lot of impact, a lot of momentum coming out their freshman year. Um, I think they're going to be better students of the game, a lot more uh, cerebral from film study, um, and really have helped us have an effective defense. So you're playing good cop, so that means I have to be the bad cop. You couldn't separate them, Matt, so I did. Number four, I'm going solely <laughs> Christian Harris here. Uh, no offense to Shane Lee. The man is a fantastic young man, smooth player. But I look at Christian Harris. This is, to me, uh, the next Reuben Foster in terms of his ability to shoot gaps, create a bunch of negative plays, stuff plays in the backfield, sack quarterbacks, create turnovers. This guy, to me – could be the, the could be a more intellectual, more instinctive version of Reuben Foster on the field. So four, I got Christian Harris. So we move on down to three. Back on you, Matt. Uh, for number three, most impactful player for Alabama's defense, I have uh, Patrick Sertain. I think he's going in his third year. He's going to be the leader of the secondary. Uh, he's going to get everybody lined up. Uh, he can play multiple positions. Uh, he can play star money he can play safety he can play corner he can just do it all so we can move him around the field sort of how we did with uh, Mika when he was here um and just really have an effective defense really confusing uh offensive schemes offensive coordinators quarterbacks to really have an effective uh defensive scheme against opposing offenses this is where we similar for the first time. So you and Patrick Sertan at three. I got him at three myself. And this is a young man that he's finally he, – he, he's got to come up this year. This is his year to come up. Freshman year was strong. Sophomore year he had some good moments, but some moments where you kind of were like – is he, going to is he going to jump up a bit more? So year three would be his year to jump up a bit more and, and prove that, you know, I'm a first-team All-American. I'm a first-team All-SEC. You know, I'm a guy that can potentially maybe pull in a Thorpe Award. So, you know, Patrick's retaining a second would be my third guy. So moving on now to number two, I'll go first for number two. And I've got Christian Barmore as my number two most important, impactful player. In limited action, we all saw what Barmore did. He's been working since the Citrus Bowl. He has not stopped coronavirus or not. Nothing is keeping Barmore from getting out there, working with his guys, and showing how this year, with more action, more opportunities, more chances to see the field, this guy is going to explode and really take people by storm on that defensive line this upcoming season. Number two, I've got Christian Barmore. Well, I guess great minds think alike because I have Christian Barmore for number two as well. Um, I just think, you know, him having another year under his belt, he's going to, he's such a tone setter and he plays with so much high energy. 
I think Bama fans just are drawn to him, his emotion, um, his passion, um, always playing through the whistle, very physical, has great instincts. Uh, I think a year on his belt, he's had time to, he's going to get better in the classroom, working on his technique, uh, being better conditioned, better discipline, and having the mental focus uh, to really be an effective, impactful defensive player up front for our defense. And at number one here, Matt, I think this goes without saying, we both kind of look at the same guy or are looking at the same guy, and that's Dylan Moses. Of course, you brought him up earlier as this is the guy that, you know, if Alabama would have had him last year, a lot of things would have been much differently on defense, having that guy that's played a lot of football, that has done a lot of communication, that knows, you know, when to set things up, why to set things up, how to set things up, and the importance of doing, you know, all of these things. And, you know, having him back, it makes everybody else on the team more so relaxed, more so calm, more so focused because, you know, we got the guy. Like, the, the, the guy to be the nucleus of this team is back. Nobody has to overcompensate because he's not there. So having Dylan back, it, it solves a lot of issues. You're right. And that's who I have as number one as well as Dylan Moses. I think him coming back is going to be that much more hungry this year. Uh, he brings so much leadership. Um, he's going to be the quarterback of the defense, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I believe he's going to be more cerebral. He had a time to kind of watch uh, the game from the sideline, um, kind of be in the coach's room and kind of pick their brains. Uh, he's so athletic, he's strong, he's fast, he's smart, and uh, he's going to be kind of like a coach on the field, just getting our defense lined up, really confusing offenses, and I think he's going to have such a great impact uh, this year on Alabama's defense. Looking forward to watching the Crimson Tide take the field this season. Hopefully we can get some summer some summer practices in here, some summer work, some fall camps, so that way we can really get out there and watch the Crimson Tide and look for national championship number 18 for Coach Saban. This would, he's trying for his seventh overall to surpass the great legendary Coach Paul Bear Bryant. But as always, every Wednesday, we're graciously joined via the phone lines by former Alabama wide receiver Matt Cadet and Matt, as always, man, we appreciate the time you coming on, talking Tide football, having these discussions. As always, man, you stay safe. Be good out there. Thanks for having me, and always roll tight. Always fun having Matt Cadeo here on the show talking the Crimson Tide. But we're going to take another break here, folks, because when we come back, we're unpacking more of your phone calls, your tweets, your texts, your chats, your viewpoints. 205-448-1358. 205-448-1358. We want to hear from you on your favorite program, the Alabama, the Alabama Crimson Tide, after this. T-Town Menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. 
Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. All right, folks, we're in here talking Crimson Tide football from the break on the hottest show on the streets here in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And as always, folks, it's your time, 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard on the channel, on the network, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. But as you're getting your thoughts, as you're getting your ideas together here, Jadarius Towson, who... Uh, was in the transfer portal, former Alabama wide receiver who came into the 2017 class, the four-star from Tanner High School in Alabama. He made his transfer decision on uh, Thursday. He is now a member of the Texas Tech Red Raiders in the Big 12, giving his commitment, giving his yes to Texas Tech as you know, he joins the likes of, uh, you know, Terrell Shavers, who's found a home now at Mississippi State, uh, Talia Tongavangoa, who's now at Maryland, Nigel Knott, who's at East Carolina, Scott Lashley, who's also at Mississippi State, um, among, uh, Jerome Ford also, who is at Cincinnati. And, uh, John, John, is it me, or did Shadarius Towson and Tyro Shavers find new homes really quickly? Yeah, they got it. They got out of there quick. They hardly touched the transfer portal. I mean, they probably had something saying. set up beforehand. So. I mean, I, I'm I'm just saying. I mean, we're looking at you know Markel Benton still in there. Uh, Scooby Carter has been in the transfer portal twice. He went in. He came back out. He went back in. He's still kind of in that portal, trying to figure out where is he going to go to. Um, you know, Giles Amos. You know, former tight end still in the portal. So. The likes of Terrell Shavers and Chadarius uh, Towson did not waste any time finding a new program, a new home, a new venue. And for Towson, you know, he's going to have some big playing time at Texas Tech. The Red Raiders, not a lot of premier receivers on the roster. The quarterback, of course, is Jet Duffy, who was pretty uh, pretty solid last year. And the Red Raiders in Towson, they're going to have a slot receiver. They're going to have somebody that can maybe take a direct snap, run a wildcat, do an end-around pop pass, jet sweep play, and also somebody that can be very elusive and uh, productive for them on special teams as well in the punt return, kick return game. And just going back to something that you know, I've mentioned before, it – it sucks seeing him no longer with the tie just due to, you know, Towson has a lot of talent. He has a lot of ability and capability. It was just that in his time at Alabama, you know, he was put in so many different spots. He started off as a wide receiver, but then Alabama got too loaded at wide receiver. So then Nick Saban says, you know what? Let's throw you over here to DB because we're thin at defensive back. Well, they put him at defensive back, and then the defensive back room got overcrowded. So then Coach Saban goes, well, you know, we're kind of thin at running backs. So we're going to throw you over there. And then the running back room gets crowded. So Coach Saban says, well, you know, Chad, you always were a receiver, so let's bring you back home to receiver. He, he never got really an opportunity to just – 
be at one spot and grow at one spot. And though playing multiple roles for the Crimson Tide, it makes you more marketable as a player. Yes, it does. You know, it has NFL scouts have more light on you, which that does happen. But at the same time, for somebody who's not a marquee player or not a big-name player, and at that time, Towson was not, it's always good to have a starting niche. You know, be somewhere where you can, uh, you know, let your roots grow, where you can start your development, where you can start your, create your motif, create your, your place, create your role, you know, if you will. And then, as you get better in that role, as you get more... Uh, defined in that role as you get more comfortable in that role then if you wanted to take on something else if you wanted to try something else if you wanted to you know put your hand towards something else then I can see that but for Towson he never really got the opportunity to sink in to one role step into one role learn one role be the best at it be a beast at it craft out some some much needed experience time at it and then you know go from there but at Texas Tech it'll be interesting it'll be fun it'll be awesome you know watching him you know for the Red Raiders be able to you know run around catch passes make plays do that type of ordeal and, and then and then as always once again this is you know the freshman class coming in here that's really pushing the freshman class coming in here that wants to get on the field. The uh, the field, the freshman class coming in here, especially at wide receiver, you know that want to do their thing. When you discuss uh, Javon Baker, when you discuss Trayshawn Holden, when you discuss you know Thayu Jones Bell. So this is definitely you know more so that freshman class working, proving that hey, you know our time is now, our moment is now because freshmen come out of high school now are way different than what it was two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Because now the the training's different, right? The high schools are different. The coaching is better. The, the, the weight training, physical training, the uh, fitness training, the flexibility training, the strength and conditioning coming out of high school is a whole lot better than what it was in years past. The the competitions you go to, the Elite 11 is better than what it once was. The Nike camps are a whole lot better. The Under Armour All-America games are a whole lot better. The, you know, US, the US Army All-America games are a whole lot better. Just the whole vibe of going from high school to college, these young men are much so prepared, right, to go on a college football field, you know, have a chance to start week one, start day one, and prove that, you know, they belong on the college field. Because nowadays, a lot of high school athletes, the thought process has become, let me get in three years in college ball and go to the NFL. I'm trying to provide for myself. I'm trying to provide for mom, for dad, for great, for grandma, for great grandma, for uncle, for auntie, for everybody that's been in my circle day one. For everybody that's been my A1 people that have been by my side and have told me I can do anything, I can accomplish, and I can accomplish anything. I can make anything happen, you know, positively in my life. You know, I gotta go ahead, you know, and make that jump right now. So for a lot of guys now, it's three years and off to the league. You know, coming in from high school to college, but gonna be fun watching charge. Darius Towson do his thing. Best wishes, best up of luck to him. But we take another break here 
on the show, ladies and gentlemen. But once again, as always, be sure to continue to light us up in the YouTube chat line with your thoughts, your concerns, your questions, your viewpoints, things that you want to have talked about on this show. When we come back in from the break, we look at the freshman outside linebackers for Alabama and which one in my opinion, though all four are good, which one, in my opinion, has the best opportunity to be uh, the most impactful of the entire group year one? And it's coming after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Back into the action, folks, on in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Got the man John Ivory in the production studio holding it down as he does every single time that we do this. We appreciate you guys tuning in via the call-in or via the other uh, chat line. Uh, as always, be sure to continue to drop those, those thoughts, concerns, questions, chats in that chat line as you guys do each and every time. But... We look at the outside linebacker position for the Crimson Tide. There are, you know, four freshmen at that spot here. And while all four guys are talented, all four guys are gifted, you know, all four guys have a lot to bring to the table. As I mentioned before the break, there is one guy in this group of four that I believe will have the biggest impact right out of the gate, will have the biggest impact year one, day one, because of his speed, because of his ability to convert speed to power, because of his uh, um, instincts, but also his um, uncanny ability to uh, affect the quarterback and not allow himself to be blocked out of the play. And that being one, William Anderson, the five-star out of you know, Dutchtown High School in Georgia. And for, for Anderson, it, it, it's interesting because... Now, I remember we had a call, a caller on Monday show that compared him to Terrell Lewis. And though there's some similarities between both guys, to me, when I watch Will, I see more of Tim Williams than Terrell Lewis. The body structure tells it from the get-go. Anderson at six foot three. 233 pounds. Tim Williams, when he played, he was about 6'4", 6'3", 6'4", 240. Now, where, you know, Will is concerned, and uh, Drew Sanders is going to be good. Uh, Quandarius Robinson is going to be good. Uh, Chris Broswell is going to be good. It's going to be fun seeing all, you know, four guys. But when I look at Will, especially when you watch this young man's tape here and his film, uh, 
where he stands off, where he stands out on screen, he has a way of timing the actual snap count. His explosion off the ball, the moment that ball is snapped, he's already got a foot toward the quarterback. Like he's already got inches toward getting after the quarterback or whomever has the football on this particular play. He's got long arms, long hands, so he's able to dislodge or disengage himself from blocks and meet in the backfield to create a tackle for loss, to create a sack, to create a fumble, a turnover, to create you know a negative play. And when I look at you know this upcoming season, this is something that Nick Saban wants to have on the field. Where can I find, or do we have that speedy, that speedy, powerful, elusive edge rusher that we can have as that hybrid defensive end outside linebacker? We can walk this particular player down on the line of scrimmage and just say, your job, young man, you see that quarterback, you see that running back, you see the football, go after it, go attack it, go get the football. Because I felt like, you know, Alabama this past year, it didn't have uh, enough guys that had that type of mentality. Christian Barmore had that mentality, absolutely. With each passing week, Christian Harris gained that mentality. You had a couple of guys, you know, one or two guys, three guys at the most, that had that mentality of see ball, get ball. That's the ball. I'm a pit bull. That's the scrap of meat. I'm going after this football. I don't care who's in my way. I'm knocking them over. I'm getting after the quarterback if he's got it. I'm getting after the running back if he's got it. I'm even getting after an offensive lineman if they so happen to have the football in their hands. So, you know, Alabama did not have enough of those guys this past year. And when you look at a Will Anderson, he presents that opportunity. And uh, a game that I can see him really stepping out and, and doing these types of things you look at the week three matchup against Georgia. Week three at Bryant-Denny against the Bulldogs, Kirby Smart, and Scott Cochran. That, that, that will be a very intriguing game for the uh, breakout party, the uh, emergence, the, uh, the introduction, as I should say, of William Anderson. And the reason why I say Georgia is you're bringing in Jamie Newman. And Jamie Newman's a talented quarterback, the transfer from Wake Forest. The only legitimate defense he played last year was Clemson, and he didn't look all that great against Clemson. He looked great against other programs in the ACC, but when you don't look particularly good against the one team that has a dynamic defense, that's kind of a question mark. That's kind of a a, a struggle thing, if you, if you will. That's a tough pill to swallow because now you're in the SEC, and you're going to play against dominant defense after fierce defense after marquee defense every single week. And, and off the bat, early on, you're facing Alabama. So Jamie Newman is going to have a front line that lost two great talents to the NFL. You lost Isaiah Wilson from the offensive line, and you lost Andrew Thomas, who got drafted number four overall to the New York Giants. So, And then we also with a new offensive coordinator – with Newman being more so of a dual-threat athletic guy, watch for Georgia to kind of roll Newman out of the pocket some quite a bit next season, roll this season, roll him out of the pocket, try to get him on the edge, so to speak. So 
if they decide to do this, this becomes huge for, for Will Anderson. Here's why. If you roll Jamie Newman out of the pocket, you roll him out of the pocket, right? This gives Anderson the opportunity to see the gap, right? To see the gap. He already knows there's going to be a gap right there. But rolling Newman out of the pocket, this gives Anderson the opportunity to see the gap open, shoot in there, and corral Jamie Newman. Corral and force him to make a decision. I can't break the pocket because if I break it, here comes this five-star with big speed that's going to run me down, get me from behind. I'm not going to be able to have a big play on this. Or if I choose to stay in the pocket, he's going to have that speed to come up there, corral me. I'm going to get sacked either way. Or in a third aspect, if he comes through and he's able to keep me in the pocket to where I can't break anything, then here comes the rest of the Alabama team submerging in on me. So if Jamie Newman, if, if Georgia chooses to roll him outside the pocket quite a couple of times in week three against Alabama, look for Will Anderson to find the opening, find the gap, as you're seeing it on screen as he's able to do this so well. Find the opening, find the gap, shoot through there, and one of three things is going to happen. It's either going to be Newman's going to try to break containment. He's not going to be able to do it. Anderson tracks him down for a little, for no gain or a loss yardage play, or it's either – He's going to, Anderson's going to break through. Jamie Newman cannot escape the pocket at all. Anderson gets a sack there. Or part three, he breaks through, and Anderson does enough to where he's got Newman flustered, frustrated, and the rest of the Alabama team converges in, and, and they get the play. So, you know, Sal Sanceri, in that matchup week three, it's going to have a lot of things dialed up to mess with the timing of the offensive line, mess with the timing of Will Anderson. Mess with the offensive line, mess with the timing, excuse me, of Jamie Newman. And, you know, one of the th guys that he's going to have on that field or could potentially have on that field to do that, you know, is Anderson using his speed, using his quickness, using his length, using his, his size to not get blocked out of the play, to shoot the gap, fly in there, and create havoc. And the reason why I brought up the Georgia game for Will Anderson is because it's always been the matchup with Georgia. since In the Nick Saban era, it's always been the Georgia matchup where we have seen freshmen take center stage and introduce themselves to the college football world. And it started off in 2008 where – you had Julio Jones did this from an offensive perspective in the blackout game, 41-30. You know, Julio went off, you know, catching passes on that Georgia secondary. And in 2012, if you remember, it was Amari Cooper and TJ Yeldon. You know, Coop went off in the SEC title game, mossing one Bakari Rambo. And then he had the big touchdown catch from A.J. McCarron to get the 32 to 28 win, TJ Yeldon had over 100 yards rushing in that matchup. And then 2015, you had the quartet of Calvin Ridley, a 100-yard game. Minka Fitzpatrick, who blocked the punt from Colin Barber, took it for a touchdown. Ronnie Harrison, who had a pick in that game. And then Deron Payne, 
who played well in the middle, 2017, you know, the national championship season, the 2018 title game, Tua Tungavangoa, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, Devonta Smith, all those guys had a serious impact, you know, in that matchup. And in 2018, the SEC title game, Jalen Waddle, four catches for 113 yards and one touchdown. So you're seeing against Georgia where the freshmen step up. The freshmen make their mark. It's always kind of been against Georgia where those Alabama, you know, young cats get out there and do their thing on the field. And I feel like with this young man, William Anderson, being from the state of Georgia, with his playmaking ability, with his instincts, intelligence, size, motor, quickness, sacking ability, you get him out there on the field week three, you get him to shoot through a moving pocket, and you have him wreak havoc on Jamie Newman, it could be something very exciting. It could be something very special to see. Not saying that Drew Sanders, not saying Quandarius Robinson or um, Chris Broswell will not have production. I'm just saying Will Anderson, to me, would be the guy as a freshman that could have just a massive impact and that can start week three of the season. But... As always, Todd fans, you want the best news, notes, information, and coverage on your favorite program. You do this by downloading the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You can get the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store if you got the Android phone, but the audio options if you got iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Overcast.fm, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, we've got you covered. Good and gracious Lord sees fit. Fit, folks, I'll be back on Friday continuing the conversation that is Bama football. But until next time, folks, husbands, love your wives. Wives, appreciate, value those husbands, children. Do those things legitimately to not be bored. Get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Till next time, folks, spit in my own words.